This podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at Focusrite and Sure Microphones. Hello and welcome to the Church Production Podcast. My name is Brian Blackmore. I'm the editor of Church Production Magazine. With us today is Lauren Aldrin. Lauren has been a writer for Church Production really since the very beginning, uh, 20 years ago. It's hard to believe, Lauren. What do you think? It's been a long time. Yes, the very first issue. And, th- and I actually I took the cover photograph too, just to be well-rounded. I had forgotten all about that. <laughs> yeah. So Lauren has, again, been a longtime contributor, uh, product reviews, uh, educational articles, uh, just one of our uh, our consistent go-to writers. So I'm thrilled to invite him onto the Church Production Podcast. Today, we will be talking about one of his most recent reviews, uh, the QSC KS-118 subwoofer. The KS-118 is a 3,600-watt powered subwoofer with an 18-inch driver. It has a retail price of $17.99 and a street price of $14.99. Before we get into that, Lauren, I kind of jump in the gun here. I wanted to let the listeners know a little bit more about you. Um, Before church production, you and I met actually when you were writing a book called The Home Studio Guide to Microphones, um, which was published by Mix Books way back when. Um, What gave you the idea to write that book? I've just always been passionate about uh, transducers, right, where energy changes form. So microphones on the front end and speakers on the back end. Um, So I just was learning um, in my own experiences, both live and in the studio, how crucial the microphone selection was and the placement was for sound. And it was often overlooked. So I just thought it'd be good to write um, a book about how microphones work, how to apply them effectively. And I just, I saw kind of a gap out there in the knowledge to keep things simple and make it for home studio folks without massive budgets. So um, when Mix came to me and said, we'd like a book idea, what do you want to write about? I said, I've got an idea and and the rest is history. Right. Well, I certainly learned a lot um, uh, reading the book and and actually helped um, contribute a little bit was, uh, I, I was working for a microphone manufacturer at the time and that's how... That's how we got acquainted. So it's been a long time. Um, you've got a lot of other experience on your under your belt that's certainly related to what we do here at Church Production Magazine. You've been a worship leader. You've run a recording studio in Nashville. You're an accomplished musician. Uh, so it's just very well rounded, and you know we've been uh, the benefactor of or the beneficiary of all that experience for for all these years. So tell us uh, tell us about uh, what you've been up to most recently. Uh, most recently, continuing to be involved in church music. I've actually done some consulting of late, helping with churches, uh, sound design, even acoustics. So I just, I love uh, music and technology where they intersect. So any place I get a chance to do that, I enjoy it. And I love to teach. I love to find ways to explain, uh, you know, complex concepts in a simple manner. So that's why the writing has, has been a joy and the various articles I've written over the years it's been a lot of fun. So that's kind of what I'm up to right now. Okay, great. So yeah, so back to the uh, subject at hand, the the, the QSC uh, KS-118 is a, the newest subwoofer from QSC. Um, you had a chance to evaluate this uh, a month or so ago, um, and the, the review will be published in the January-February 2020 issue of Church Production. Um, so yeah, so in your experience, you've had an, a chance to evaluate 
um, a lot of subwoofers over the years, whether they be in PAs or in studios that where you've worked or the studios that you owned in, in Nashville. What what do you personally look for? What, what do you like to hear in a subwoofer? I, I like to hear uh, linearity. In other words, an honesty in the response. Um, smooth, not hyped in any given area. You know, the subwoofer really doesn't have um, that profound a job. It's basically responsible for an octave or two down there on the bottom. So it's not hard, honestly, to design a subwoofer that's pretty accurate down there. Um, so I'm finding that most companies that have some design knowledge are, are capable of producing a subwoofer that does a good job. And then how they handle the very lowest range of the subwoofer is also critical because that's where the cabinet is starting to no longer help. That's where the amount of uh, energy you have to pump into the driver goes up essentially exponentially as you decrease the, the frequency and the wavelength gets longer. So how they handle that and how they roll things off on the bottom is also something I'm kind of listening for. Okay. So um, in the article itself, you say, um, well, you talk about how subs have evolved from simply being big speakers and big boxes um, to these new uh, lightweight, compact designs. Um, and we've certainly seen that in the, you know, the other reviews and product announcements over the years. Um, so besides advances in amplifier technology, uh, which have certainly helped make them lighter. What else is, do you think has helped to improve the, improve the quality of the subs you, you, while making them more compact and easier to move and easier to fly? Yeah, you know, you can't really cheat the laws of physics. So back in the day when we didn't have advanced processing and, and maybe were somewhat limited in amplifier power, there was a, the need to have larger cabinets to just offer the speaker a little bit more help, especially down on those lower frequencies. So nowadays, with all of the processing that they can bring to bear with these active subwoofers and the tremendous amount of power at their disposal, you know, 3,600 watts in the case of the KS-118, they can put things in a smaller cabinet that is, in a sense, um, offering less help <laughs> to, the, to the driver, so to speak, but by brute force. And in some good design, they can essentially make that subwoofer deliver as if it was in a much larger cabinet. And this, you know, the KS-118 is just a simple, you know, base reflex ported cabinet. There's nothing super fancy happening. It's not like some folded horns, some uh, other more advanced designs. Um, it's a pretty straightforward, you know, subwoofer mounted in a box with a, with a port or two. So, so the magic is really happening in the processing and the amplification in the case of a, a speaker like this to be able to offer that sort of output 100 and i think 36 db max out of a cabinet that size it's it's happening in the electronics largely yeah it is remarkable um how in the past 20 or 30 years what's happened with subwoofers so so yeah so the the subs arrived um uh, well, probably two months ago now that, you know, the evaluation and the article are completed. But tell us what your first impressions were when you first opened these boxes. Well, I tell you, knowing what they were capable of in terms of their specs, I'm, I'm always surprised these days at the size and weight of the cabinets. You know, with, uh, with the type of amplification, the Class D uh, doesn't weigh like we're, like we're used to, you know, back in the days when uh, a good 3,000 watt power amp weighed 75 or 80 pounds, you know, this whole sub weighs just over a hundred. So I'm, I'm consistently impressed with manufacturer's ability to pack so much performance into a small space. So when I was able to lift the sub out of the box, essentially without any help, 
and get it up and out, you know, that's that's saying something. Considering that one of those will generate 136 decibels, that's pretty impressive. And and just the the quality of the construction. I mean, this is definitely a well-made speaker, uh, well thought out. The casters are are sturdy and smooth. It's easy to roll around. The control panel is protected under some really heavy skid strips. So there's just, you know, thoughtful design. QSC, they're a newcomer to this. You know, it's, as they say, it's not their first radio, rodeo. They've designed a nice speaker. Okay, so one of the more interesting um, features in this product is the um, uh, the ability to do a, a cardioid um, or directional um, coverage pattern. So it requires two subwoofers to do this back-to-back, -back, or I think you said on top of each other as well. Um, so that's that's a relatively new feature in subwoofers uh, due to the the DSP processing that's uh, that's now available. Tell us a little bit more about what um, what the cardioid directional coverage is capable of, and then a little bit about what your findings were in a real world evaluation. Sure. Yeah. With with, with processing with some phase trickery and other things that really become possible only in an active sub like this, uh, you have the ability to essentially pit one sub against the other in, in a certain direction. So essentially subwoofer A is canceling out the sound uh, from subwoofer B as it would be radiating to the back. So uh, with a pair of these subs um, and one of them flipped into the cardioid mode, uh, you put them back to back. And you get essentially some uh, a decrease in the amount of energy coming off the back of that array, and uh, both of them ideally should be flat on the floor or on the ground with essentially their casters touching. Uh, they can also be stacked, although if I remember right, the uh, decrease to the rear is not quite as as much. So it's on the order of uh, somewhere between 10 and 15 decibels, I believe, which in terms of power is is quite a lot. But if you set up this um, Aparakeus 118s in cardioid mode um, and you walk around as they're playing, you will hear a slight fall off um, in sound to the rear, which is the whole point of the cardioid mode. Um, I found it to be more effective outside than in the venues that I tested the subs indoors, and primarily because when it comes to directionality and when it comes to bass, the enclosed space the subwoofer in, uh, is in makes a huge difference in the performance. And it has to do with boundaries. It has to do with the way that uh, bass reflects around in a room and bounces off walls. So I just found that the, the cardioid mode indoors wasn't as noticeable um, going around behind the subs and even walking around in the room uh, in the various modes. Primarily, like I said, because the way the bass fills up any enclosed space. Now, the smaller the venue, I believe, the less effective the cardioid mode would be. And in larger venues, especially where the subwoofers were some distance from the nearest vertical boundary or wall, you might have um, more of a noticeable um, dip in that. And the idea is to keep the, keep the base energy moving in the direction of the audience and not just kind of splashing around the whole room. But it is impressive what can be done um, with a pair of these in terms of being able to steer the base. Right. I've, I've experienced that wash off the back of subwoofers before. As a player in my church, I play bass. And um, sometimes it's it's very hard to distinguish between um, the wash coming off the back of the subwoofers, uh, the slap back from the back of the room, and whatever's going on in the back line with the backline instruments on stage. So anything you can do to, to minimize that uh, absolutely uh, just makes it a much better experience for the players to be able to hear what they're doing better 
And um, again, for the, of course, for the sound engineer who's trying to create uh, the best possible experience for um, those in the congregation. And in outdoor settings where you may be dealing with uh, noise ordinances and potentially irritating people who don't want to hear your music, uh, knowing the way bass travels, it doesn't really care where it's going. You know, it tends to be omnidirectional if left to its own devices. Uh, being able to control the amount of sub coming off the back of a sound system could be a real plus. Part of the uh, DSP processing in the KS-118 is um, what's called what QSC calls DEEP processing. D-E-E-P is the acronym. It's Digital Extension and Excursion Processing. It's programmable, and you can set and recall presets. Uh, so that's that's interesting. I'm not sure it's entirely unique, but um, can you give us some examples of what kind of configuring you can do and really why saving presets might be important to a church that is looking to acquire new subs? Well, I think that honestly the presets would be more designed for a touring company that was moving around and having different venues. Maybe they switched from indoor to outdoor being able to quickly recall settings would be a plus. I imagine that most churches are going to leave these stationary, at which point the ability to do the recall may be less valuable, but it still could be you know, potentially useful in certain settings. Now, I um, the, the deep mode you mentioned is not actually connected to the presets. It's one aspect of the speaker's uh, configuration that you can save in a preset. But what deep is primarily, um, it, not without using synthesis, you know, low frequency energy can be synthesized, essentially like an octave pedal in a guitar rig or a bass rig. But that's not what's happening here. What's instead um, QSC is doing is with filtering. Essentially, they are boosting the low frequencies right about the point at which the speaker itself would begin rolling off. And there's not much of a return on your investment, so to speak. You're, you're kind of pumping power away that the cabinet is is almost unable to reproduce. But what they do is they increase the bass response in the very lowest, um, maybe 5 or 10, 15 hertz down at the very bottom end of the range. And because it's lower frequency and because the cabinet is essentially being asked to do something it really can't do, there is a, there's a loss of energy. So the, the amplifier is working very hard. The subwoofer is also working harder at greater excursions. But if you have enough power, and if you have a driver that's up to the task, you can get a little something extra out of it on the bottom. And I was able to hear that. Essentially, they're extending the low-frequency response of the sub at the expense of uh, a few dB. Now, as I mentioned in the review, considering that very few churches are going to be running these subs near their potential, they can engage the deep mode, and I did and essentially just leave it on. You're picking up a few hertz of free, low low frequency response. And because you're not uh, taxing the driver or the amplifier in most settings, you're just fine leaving it on. And it does extend the low frequency response noticeably. You mentioned that you used deep mode and you preferred to keep it on. You, you used it with and without deep mode engaged and you preferred to keep it on. What, why would you not want to use this what why why um is it have to do with potentially the type of room you're in or maybe if you're just looking for a different type of sound the only time i could see someone opting to keep the deep mode off is if they were running these subs at 95 percent throttle in other words they were approaching the limiting they were approaching the limit of what the driver could do in excursion or what the amplifier could do in output power to keep things clean so uh, you're outdoors, 
you've got a huge area you're trying to fill with sound. You maybe don't have enough of these subs really to do it right. Uh, turning off deep mode will give you a few more dB of overall level. And But really, honestly, that's the only reason I could think. There's, there's no setting um, in a church that I could imagine where you wouldn't want those last few hertz down on the bottom end. They're not going to cause you any problem. Uh, but outside, if you were really at the limits of what the subs could produce, then asking them to, to give you those last few hertz is, is not beneficial. You would turn that off and, and let them function in their normal range. Okay. All right, Lauren, is there anything else you'd like to add that maybe we haven't covered yet about, about your evaluation of the, the new QSC KS-118? Well, I would say it's worth noting that QSC opted to not go with um, a Chinese-made driver in this device and instead put in an Italian-made B and C driver. And in sound reinforcement circles, uh, generally it's understood that some of the best drivers money can buy come from Europe. In fact, uh, in my studio, I have an older set of monitors that were made um, here in the States and were loaded with Danish VIFA drivers. And then a later version of that um, particular studio monitor was no longer made in the States, no longer with the Danish components. Um, I'm holding on to those because that is, that is something that's meaningful to me. So for QSC to put an Italian-made driver in and then stand behind the speaker with a six-year warranty, I think that's telling. I think they're really trying to make a quality speaker that's going to you know, go the distance and, and serve a, a church for a very long time. Okay, very good. Lauren, thank you so much for all your contributions over the years for um, to church production and to our audience. Uh, here's to many more. Um, again, look for the review of the new QSC KS-118 subwoofer in the January-February 2020 issue of Church Production. Lauren Aldrin, until next time. Thank you very much. This podcast has been brought to you by Focusrite and Shure Microphones. <laughs>